I'm Montana York, and I'm your host here at Cambridge House. I'm joined today by the one and only JP Cortez of the Sound Money Defense League. JP, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on, Montana. Great to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, JP, talk to me about your law and precious metals journey. How did it get started, and how are you where you are today? So I discovered Ron Paul, who was a former congressman in Texas, late in my teenage years. Ideas of personal autonomy and individual rights really resonated with me uh, as a high schooler listening to punk rock music. And it was through Ron Paul that I ended up taking the red pill, as they say, and discovering uh, the Austrian School of Economics. So I sat through my AP Econ class and I found myself wrestling with the foundational premise of the class. The Keynesian ideal, uh, which most governments hold as gospel today, that governments can leverage deficit spending into prosperity is just something that instinctively didn't add up with me. And so I ended up in Auburn, Alabama, at Auburn University, getting my political science degree, uh, when I discovered that the foremost leading institution on the School of Austrian Economics, the Mises Institute, was literally right across the street from Auburn's business building. I went further down the rabbit hole, and I found the works of Ludwig von Mises, Murray Rothbard, Guido Holzman, and I found myself entranced by something that happened here in the United States in 1971. And that was that America completed the full transformation from money into political money. And this has moral and economic and geopolitical implications that we're still seeing play out today. So the dollar now had no tie to gold, uh, no standard of any sort. America yielded its monetary powers to unelected prognosticators, and an obvious course of events followed, right? The um, inflation rose and Americans were punished uh, with the hidden tax of inflation for holding money. Uh, government spending largely went unchecked. We went from less than 400 billion to more than 31 trillion today. That spending went to fund really questionable things like decade long wars without much to show for it. And wealth inequality increased and the standard of uh, cost of living skyrocketed. So after graduating from Auburn, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where I teamed up with Stefan Gleason, the president of Money Metals Exchange. Uh, they're an online national precious metals dealer and one of the largest depositories in the United States. Uh, and we decided to start a uh, sound money policy advocacy group, uh, a group uh, lobbying or advocating for sound money. Uh, and I was in law school at the time while we decided to launch this project. What I found here is that Inflation is largely a policy choice, you know, and the people harmed most by this policy of perpetual dollar devaluation are the poorest among us. These are hourly wage earners, pensioners, people on fixed income, uh, anyone with savings. And people in America right now are struggling to make to to afford their basic necessities, food, housing, medicine, transportation. And America has a policy, an intentional policy, and they've done this for decades of actively making these things harder, pricing people out of life, making it more difficult for people to get their most basic needs met. And this dysfunction, of course, largely stems from the federal level, the Federal Reserve System, and it's a, an unelected system of bureaucrats. And that's where the problem starts. But states don't have to be a party to some of this pain. They can mitigate some of the damage caused by the Federal Reserve by doing things like knocking down the state impediments to owning, buying, selling gold and silver. So sales taxes, income taxes, things like that. And it's not just individuals that are harmed by these policies. States many times themselves 
are handcuffed against holding gold on their balance sheets. So states can't even protect themselves using gold in many cases. And so that's something we're actively working on as well. And so when Stefan and I started this project, I decided to leave law school and pursue sound money activism full time. And it's been the best decision I've ever made. Amazing. We love to hear it. Is there anything else on the Sound Money Defense League's work that you'd like to get in or touch on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've been around now for a little more than six years. We're a national nonpartisan policy group uh, focused on remonetizing gold and silver. And the way we've found to do that is mostly by removing the friction into and out of gold and silver. So in, in nine states across the country today in the United States, there are nine states that charge sales tax when you buy silver or when you buy gold and silver on top of the, the price of the metal. In most states and on the federal level, you're also taxed when you sell the gold and silver with capital gains. So you're hit with both sides in those cases on the sales side. And then uh, when you go to sell the asset and you're, you're taxed capital gains. Uh, there are also states that are considering uh, eliminating all forms of taxation. There are legal tender policies. There are states that are uh, wanting to, to establish their own in-state gold depositories so that they can hold and store gold within their own states, protected against federal mismanagement or New York big banks. And so, yeah, we've been working uh, now for six years. We've had this incredible string of victories over the last, the last six years or so. This year, we are working in 23, or excuse me, there are 23 different pieces of legislation that we've worked on to introduce and to uh, advocate for across 10 different states here in the United States. So we are definitely staying busy. Um, you know, the, the, the huge problem of inflation is becoming more and more tangible. People are feeling it. People are talking about it in ways that they haven't in a really long time. And so we're, we're advocating for the people in the state that want to invest in a known inflation hedge, such as gold. We're advocating for the dealers in the state that want to make sure that their business isn't leaving the state. And in many cases, we're even advocating for an increase of state revenues, because when states stop taxing these metals, conventions come into the state, businesses come into the state, investors stop leaving the state. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the Sound Money Defense League and our, our goals and, and what we've accomplished to this point. Uh, and just touching on accomplishments, I know you were in Richmond, Virginia last week. Don't know if you want to highlight your wins there. Yeah, yeah, it's great news out of Richmond, I'm glad to say. So what's happening in Richmond is that there was already a sales tax exemption on gold and silver in the state. That passed a couple of years ago. But there is a wrinkle in that in that law that says that any purchases below $1,000 will still be taxed. So if your purchase is above $1,000, it's tax-free. But if it's below, you're hit with the tax. And there aren't many states that wrote out uh, their statutes that way, mainly because it doesn't make sense. This is a, a regressive policy. It's discriminatory towards people that want to buy precious metals in smaller increments, which in many cases is a lot of people. People that are dollar cost averaging silver, example, are taxed every time in states uh, like Virginia. And so I'm happy to report that uh, we've had hearings here over the last couple of weeks, and it now has passed both chambers of the Virginia legislature to eliminate that thousand dollar threshold and to push out the sunset date that was supposed to expire next year. We pushed that out a couple of years as well. And that legislation is now sitting on the governor's desk in Virginia, hoping to be signed soon. So good news out of out of Virginia for sure. 
Great. And any other precious metals forecast for 2022? What's what's catching your eye? Just as, as far as policy goes, there's so much. Of the 41 states, so th- there are 41 states that have eliminated this tax. So nine still exist that are taxing gold and silver. Of those nine, five of them currently have active legislation to eliminate that tax. Two of them have active legislation to eliminate the capital gains tax. Three of them are wanting to protect taxpayer funds, pension funds, rainy day funds with physical gold held within the state. So all of these things are, I am very bullish on gold and silver as far as state and federal policy is concerned. And as far as price forecasts, this these kind of global scenarios are what gold and silver were built for. The, the geopolitical uncertainty that's happening uh, in Europe and the massive dollar devaluation and printing that is happening at home. This is the use case for gold and, and for gold especially. Uh, and I expect uh, the, the price of gold to bear that out. Great. And I know that you are the lead author on a yearly index that ranks all 50 states according to their gold and silver uh, laws and legislations. If my listeners wanted to hear more or hear more of your insight, where would they find you, JP? So I'm on Twitter. My Twitter is at jpcortez27. The website for the Sound Money Defense League is soundmoneydefense.org. The Sound Money Index that you just mentioned, thank you for uh, mentioning that. You can find that on Money Metals Exchange's website. The 2021 Sound Money Index, we publish that yearly uh, with new updated rankings uh, and things based on what the state has done legislatively that year. And please sign up for our email list, any legislative updates, any sort of uh, information or content that we're producing, you can find our website and sign up for our email list. It'll be right in your inbox. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, JP. Thank you so much, Montana. Good to be here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow this podcast wherever you're listening to be notified every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday of new episodes. Also, feel free to leave a rating and a review if you're enjoying the show. Keep up with me and Cambridge House between episodes at The Montana York on Twitter and CambridgeHouse.com. See you next time.